Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Good morning! Look at your neighbor and say, it's a fine morning today. (laughs) You know, some time ago, I was worshiping the Lord. I was standing right there, and I was in a service. And this has happened numerous of times in, um, in my life where the Lord has just spoken to me. You're going to have to hit me again. And, um, and has spoken to me in different ways. I was, um, like I was saying, I was there that Sunday when God gave me this. And then, and then what turned into just one message turned into three. Um, because as I started talking with it, with the Lord and just going through the thing, I'm like, oh, God, this is so much bigger than all of us. You know, this title is Where's Your Shout? Today is the power in a shout. How many remember the old Pentecostals when they used to shout a little bit more than they used to sh- they shout today? Huh? How many know in a congregation you had those, you know, who were shouters? When they said hallelujah, you know, they were in church. When they said praise the Lord, you know where they were. Because they didn't mind speaking up. They did not mind the raise the praise. You know why? Because they had a love for Jesus. You ever been to a baseball game, a football game, a hockey game? Those stands in the seats know how to cheer. You've ever been to a, 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 a soccer game? Huh? They don't just say goal. No, 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 no. When they score a goal... It goes into the next day. Goal! They shout. They're excited. But what has happened to the Christians today when it comes to shout for God? See, we can shout about all. If you just won this great prize, you'd be Shouting. You'd be telling everybody. If someone did something really nice for you, if a stranger came up to you and says, said, do you have a mortgage? And you said to them, yes. And the guy said, how much is your mortgage? And you said to him, $60,000, all I have left on my house. He says, this is what I'm going to do for you. He writes a check out, gives you $60,000 right there. What would you do? Who would you call? Huh? Because you would go, what? No way. Is this real? (laughs) But the reality is you would shout. You would be happy. You would be excited. My question is sometimes where I've been in churches and I, the presence of God has been falled so richly, and yet as soon as the pastor says amen, and even while the presence of God is still in the house, people are rushing outside the door because they want to get to the comfy seat, or they want to get to the restaurant, and they think something's more important than the presence of God. I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to share with you, the presence of God is what changes our hearts. The problem is we are so Oh, so interested in this and interested in this. We spend so much time thinking something's greater or more important. But let me tell you something. The relationship with Jesus Christ is so important. And when we really, really know who he is, there's going to be a shout. There's going to be a shout. 
And so that's what happened when I was in this church back, back in Missouri. It's a big church, and I'm praying, and the Spirit of God is there. I'm excited, don't want to leave. I remember when I was at Jimmy Schwaggett's college and stuff, and, the, and it was a, the presence of God was there. They, no one wanted to leave the building. They're clicking the lights off. And I'm like, gee whiz, can't you just go home? We'll lock up. But when the presence of God is in the house, you don't want to leave. But that's not for everyone. That's unfortunately. And so when we talk about shouting, not all of us have great reminders. Have you ever been yelled at by somebody? Hmm? Huh? Have you been yelled at somebody? Uh, how many are the ones you yelled at somebody? Come on, you're a yeller? You know, mothers, mothers are yellers. Have you ever known mom, moms, moms? You know, they just can't talk like clean up your room or you're going to be grounded. No, they, that's how they start. They start there and then they start working up and working up, working up. I talked to a kid one time. I said, you're going to get in trouble. Your mother has told you to clean up your room. He says, don't worry about it. I know when she really means it. Her face becomes red. The kid's right. The kid's 100% right. When we were raising kids, I promised myself that I was not going to be a yeller. I would tell my kids, clean your room or da-da-da. And I meant exactly what I said. It was that tone. I did not yell, and I did my best to help my wife not to yell. Because yelling does not communicate, and all kids do is they wait till you to get to that level, and they say, uh-oh, I'm going to get in trouble. I better do it. But when you talk calm, and you mean what you say, and you do what you say, then guess what? That word is still the same. But unfortunately, people yell at, yell at each other. Maybe you had your boss yell at you. Maybe you're driving down the road and, uh, you know, someone cuts in front of you and they yell at you. And they say, hey, buddy, you're number one. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, everybody's being yelled at. But see, I want to talk about what does it mean to have a biblical shout. It's not about just being yelled at. How many of you, I know this one's so clear, I could hear it today. How many knew you were in deep doo-doo when your mother or your father yelled your full name? Brian David Cookham! Uh-oh. When they used my whole names. How many know when your parents used your full names, you were in trouble? Raise your hand. Go ahead. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know I had a middle name until I got in trouble. There was a guy, there was a guy that was um, in a contest. Do you know they have shouting contests in certain countries? And this guy was uh, in a shouting contest and um, he won. And his shout went up to a decimal of 115.8 decimals. That's the same sound or the level of a sound of a siren. You ever been right next to a siren? or a train that passes over you from the tracks like a bridge. He won $750 for having the loudest shout. They asked him, hey, how did you get to shout so good? He said, I give the credit to my kids. <laughs> so people shout for all types of reasons, right? People shout because they're upset. Uh, so they want to get someone's attention. Uh, you shout if you see someone in danger and you're trying to warn them. You know, you shout about... Uh, things of trying to get over someone else's voice. That's what they call an argument. You know what an argument is? Two people who try to outdo the other person's voice. But I want you to look today as we talk about shout. I, I want you to see it from a different perspective. What does God mean 
when God's word tells us to shout. What does it really mean? Because shout is really an outcry. It's really, in God's word, when he talks about shout, it's a shout for joy. It's a shout of triumph. It's a a shout of an an exaltation. The The word shout in the Old Testament is used about 59 times, the word shout. But only four times in the New Testament. The phrase loud voice, the phrase loud voice is used eight times in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament it's used 26 times. The shout doesn't change from old to new. Look at your neighbor and say, that's pretty cool. The power of the shout, Psalms 145.4 says, One generation shall praise thy works to another and declare the mighty acts. You see, the word praise in the Hebrew, is the word Shabbat. And which means to address in a loud tone, to triumphs, to shout or to command. The word praise appears 351 times in the NIV Bible. And this shouting, listen, this is important, this, this shouting of praise is a thing when you sing it, but you sing it's not when you just sing, but it's a, it's, a, it's a word that you exuberate a lot of energy in a command, in a shout. You want to make your voice heard. It's a victory cry. Joshua 6, 1 through 25 is the famous Bible truth of these giant walls of Jericho that came cr- crushing down simply when the people of God did what they were supposed to do. And they shouted when God asked them to shout. The word used in the scripture is really a shout of victory. It's a shout of knowing what truth is. The word shout is related to worship. Where you're going to see in a little bit that all the times that God tells us to shout is a worship to God. You know what? Heaven, if you don't like noise, you're not going to like heaven. Because heaven is going to be a very loud place. When you get everybody praising God, you get a big congregation praising God, all shouting and praising God. It's loud. And people say, well, I don't like it loud. And they don't like it loud simply because, and there's only one reason, is they're used to it being quiet. It's like um, happened to me, myself, my kids were kind of loud. They were loud all their lives. They were loud. Right, Aaron? And, uh, and they were loud. And one day, I went to a monastery to get along with God. And I was there for about five days, four nights. And when I came there, the, the monk looked at my kids and did not like them. I didn't like him because he didn't like my kids. So I'm like, this guy's a crankball. And so, um, anyhow, he showed me his, my room, and I locked myself in for the four days, never came out. And um, they thought I died in the room. Uh, they didn't know that I was on a, uh, a silent retreat. I never told them. So, but nevertheless, I came the day they came to pick me up. I, and the kids were all excited, da-da-da. And I'm like, hey, guys, you're loud, man. You know, calm down, you know, like this. And I realized being so quiet for so long, you get accustomed to that. But your accustomed is going to change when you get to heaven, because it's going to have a shout there. The shout is a shout of victory. Look at your neighbor and say a shout of victory. 
So let's look at a portion of Scripture that all of us know from Joshua chapter 6. And I'm just going to give you, a look, just because I'm doing all 25 verses, I just want to pick a few things out. And then we're going to go a little bit about the shout of worship. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out or no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry the trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times which, with the priests blowing their trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. Look what it says here in verse 10. But Joshua had commanded the people, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voice, do not say a word until the day I tell you. Then, just say it together, together. one, two, three, shout, shout. Look at verse 15 and 16. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Let's look at verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in and they took the city. I want you to look at this portion of scripture with me today shortly. And I want you to understand what took place. Why did God cause their voices to be the very thing that would cause victory in the camp? I mean, think about it. Why couldn't God just do an earthquake? Why couldn't God just do an incredible feat of power and just get his people in there? Isn't it interesting that I see all through Scripture is that God always wants to work through us. He wants us to be the vessels that he brings his power, that he brings his might, and he gives you and I a testimony of this relationship that he has with you. So let me give you a couple lessons to learn here to build a foundation this morning. I call them LTLs, lessons to learn. God's always trying to give us LTLs. The first one that we have to recognize is that God is bigger than what you face. Look at your neighbor and just remind them that. God is bigger than what you face. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be truthful with this. There's things that I've had in my life, have in my life, that I sometimes say, God, this is too big. I don't know, God. Have you ever been there where you think your problem's bigger than your God? Come on, raise your hand. Be honest. Mm-hmm. If you're honest, you're going to say, yeah, sometimes, sometimes I think my problem or my situation, my circumstance is, seems to be bigger than my God. But your God is bigger no matter what you face. 
Jericho, in verse 1, says it was tightly shut up. Someone say, shut up. Shut up. Oh, what? <laughs> you see, it was shut up. Shut up where no one was coming in and no one was coming out. It means that this fortress was impenetrable. You couldn't get in. There was a big problem. The problem was this wall was bigger than the army, stronger than their strength. And that seemed hopeless to them. And sometimes in life it seems hopeless. But God wants to do something in us to know that he is big. And you have to take God's word for what God's word says. When you face a problem, a dilemma, a situation, and it seems hopeless, you have to learn what the people of Israel threw a shout, that God was bigger. God is bigger. God is going to work a greater work. When you go to God, you go to God. You allow his word to be your light, his ways to be your path, his will to be your heart, and let his work do something in you because you have to put on the mind frame, God's in control. You want to say, well, God's not in control. God says, go ahead, child. Go ahead. You don't want me? I'm going to just be over here. When you want me, I'll be here when you call. So many people live beyond, below what God wants them to live in life because they choose not to put God where he needs to be. But in order for the wall to fall, God was doing something in his people. He was teaching them who the character of God was. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good stuff. Let's look at the second LTL that we can learn here. God's answer was their voice. I want you to get this. While the army... And the people felt hopeless and helpless. God gave them the answer on how the wall was going to be taken down. God's answer was simply that it was in their voice. Can I say your voice matters? Can I just say that your voice is important and the words that you say to yourself your words that you come out of your mouth are so important and they can dictate what happens in your day. Let me just share this with you. I, I got this just not, I was just talking to God and this popped into my spirit and I just started to do something and I wrote down some scriptures that talk about our words. Just listen to these. Words that matter and will affect your shout in your life. Psalms 1914, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock, my redeemer. Let's ask ourselves a question. What are your words of your mouth? What are they saying? What are you meditating on? The meditation of your heart, will, if it's not right, will affect your shout in your life. Psalms 141.3 says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Are there things in which you are saying that are negative, that are down, that take out joy from your tank or take joy out of someone else's tank? Sometimes we have to watch what we say from our lips. Our negativity will kill the shout of our life. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. We have to be careful for the words that we use in our life. Proverbs 1528, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before, what is this the youth that says next? Speaking. Proverbs 2123, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. I like that one. How many of you say, say, that's good for me. 
keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. <clears throat> Matthew 12, 36 says, But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for that on judgment day. Romans 10, 10 says this, For with the heart believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And here's Ephesians 4.29. And these are just some, some, a few, how much the word talks about our words in which we speak. Ephesians 4.29. Let no unwholesome words come out of your mouth, but only which are good and edifying to the hearer. And so if you're speaking negative words, it's going to affect your shout. Your voice is not going to have the power because it, whether you're sharing it with someone else or you're listening to your own voice. How many of you know that sometimes your own voice can discourage you? Hello. How many times you have a conversation with yourself, you, and I, those three people. And because you have this conversation, and then you answer your questions, at least have someone else answer your questions. But don't ask the question and answer it yourself. That's what they call bias. And you find yourself being led astray. And all of a sudden, your, your shout goes out the window. So we have to realize, you and I have to realize that God's answer is your voice. It's our voice. It's your voice and what we say. It's a choice to use your voice. Look at your neighbor and tell him, it's a choice to use your voice. If you are going to shout the praises of God, you need to speak up. You need to have a journey. So let me give you a quick journey here. The third one. The third one. Joshua believed, it says in verse 6, Joshua believed in God and walked in obedience and gave God's instructions to the priest. You know what happened? They started, they believed God. If you want a shout in your life, you need to believe God. Yeah, pastor, you don't know what I'm facing. You don't know what I'm up against. You, you don't know the words I've been telling myself. You don't know what my family has been telling me and just been bringing me down. Yeah, I understand that. I live in the real world too. But you have to have a belief system because your belief system will dictate your behavior. And if you get a belief system within your soul, you're going to have a behavior, behavior that matches it. Oh, yeah, you're going to have some moments. Look at your name and say, having moments is okay. Because everybody has a moment. Even Jesus had moments. I love the moment where he says, oh, how long must I suffer you? <laughs> he wasn't having a good moment. They had belief. Before the shout, there has to be belief. You have to believe God. Before the shout, there's an act of obedience to your belief. There has to be that point when Joshua believed God, he walked in obedience and he told the priest, this is what we're going to do. Look what happens in verse 8 and 9. The people followed and the priest praised and gave honor to God as they blew the trumpets. They walked in faith and in unity. Before there is shout, there is praise. There is praise. So you've got to understand something. There's belief that's taking place. You know, we have our voice. There's a belief. All of a sudden now in that belief, we're starting to act on that belief. And then we're starting to praise. Because you're not going to shout all of a sudden. It kind of builds up. The more you learn, the more you grow, the more you grow, the louder your voice. 
And so that's what happened is that there's a praise. Now you have the priest, they're praising. Verses 10 to 15, look what happened. Walk around one time a day in silence and in praise in heart. They walked in faith and they paved the choice to be consistent for six days. And all they did is had a parade. God, why are you marching me around all these times? You could have done it on the first time. Matter of fact, God, we could have just got to the place and shouted. You could have brought it all down. God was doing something in the people of Israel. Now listen, saints, listen, listen, this is important. If you want to see what God's going to do in you, he's going to take you through a process. He's going to take you on a journey. He's going to put you through some stuff so that you can depend on him. You can trust him. He's going to challenge us sometimes. And challenges comes where we have to really know what we believe. And and then we're going to have to act on our belief. And then we're going to have to stop praising him. Even when, well, I don't really feel like it, God, right now. I really don't feel like praising you, God. Lord, I know, I know it's true. Your word is true. And so therefore, I'm going to walk in God. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to walk in faith, God, because you say who, who you are. You see how this walk, the people, the Israel, they're, they're walking. They're just walking every day, one time, and go back home. A parade with no results in their eyes. But they were acting in obedience, and they were following God's instructions, and they were, here it goes, here it goes, they were trusting God. Sometimes when we're in a long journey, or we feel like this is fruitless, Lord, we don't understand, but God's doing more than we understand sometimes. And so God's doing something. Before there's a shout, there has to be a walk of faith. Look at your neighbor and just tell them that. Before the shout, you've got to have a walk of faith. Walk of faith. Let me give you seven. When Joshua gave the command to shout, the people responded with a loud shout. The choice to use their voice. And the shout must come out. So many times you have such gratefulness in your heart and, and you don't let it shout. You don't shout it out. You I don't want to disturb anybody. You want to be meek. God's not calling everybody to be meek and just timid. God put a song in your heart. You have to sing it. If God's giving you some joy, you got to proclaim it. If God's giving you a test, but then he gave you a testimony, you have to share it. Because in doing these things, you encourage other people. A lot of times people are so thinking about what others. Forget others. Think about God. Live your life with the audience of one. What a joy it is to have an audience of one. Everything you do, everything you say, you're focusing on the one. Nobody, look at this, this is going to free you a little bit. Nobody does it right. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to me and you. Go ahead. Nobody does it all right. But just because we might not do good over here and make it a flop over here, don't let the devil steal your shout to say, well, you know, you're not that good after all. But what does the word say? There is, Romans 8, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad, brothers and sisters, there is no condemnation for those in Jesus Christ? I don't know, but that makes my liver quiver. I mean, when you understand the provisions of God, there's something in the heart. There's something in our life. 
But it's a choice to use your voice and the shout has to come out. It glorifies God. Don't worry about your neighbor. They have a shout in them and they're just waiting for someone to shout first. He's just waiting for someone to say, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. The shout started. There you go. Blessed be his name. There are times when you need the shout to victory, even when, even when you don't see it. You know, most people miss this. Look at, look at the eighth one, the lessons, the LTL that we can learn. A shout brings God the sound of victory. It's declaring and celebrating victory in Jesus Christ, the victory you already have. And this is the funny thing, is God's given you victory, right? Has God given you strength when you feel weak? Someone say amen. So, but, but when we feel weak, we don't feel strong, but we don't go to God. It's amazing how God has provided all this, and yeah, and yeah, it's like what I tell you all the time about going to all-you-can-eat be- all restaurant, and you go up to the big tables and the big salad bars and everything, and you say, I'm just having an olive. I am so happy about this olive. Happy, 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 happy. And God says, you child, I have a banquet here, and you're content with an olive? Saints of God, don't live below what God has given unto us. Jesus Christ empowered us and given us the power of the Holy Spirit that we can become his vessels. And that, and let me just plug in the small group coming up that you can really get rid of that ordinary way of thinking because God has called you to be extraordinary because there is a power of God that works. Let me just share a story that just happened to me recently. I was at a restaurant with a bunch of people and um, server came. I talked to all my servers. I don't treat them like, you know, they're not important. They're very important. They're important, just as important as you and I. Someone say amen. amen. So I wanted to know how they're doing. They're like this and this young man get ready to do something pretty cool. And I started talking with them, and then, of course, I brought up Jesus. And I said, well, do you have any spiritual beliefs? And he started talking, and, and as I just shared with him the gospel, and then I asked him, did you ever go to church? And he said, I used to when I was younger, and this is what he said, I was younger, but I was made to go. And as soon as I got old enough, I no longer, no one could tell me to go anymore, and I don't, haven't gone since. And I gave him a story about its relationship. It's all about relationship. And at the bar afterwards, he came back to me. And, and usually they always come back and say something. It's really great. They come back, he came back to me and said, you know what? I've been thinking. I, I actually been thinking about God again. And I actually, I kind of pushed him way out of my life and everything. And I just started thinking recently about God. And now you come up and tell me this conversation. And, and uh, he said, I want to thank you. And I'm like, no, listen, this is ordained. God's trying to do something in your heart and life. And I asked him if he had a Bible, and he said, yeah. I said, wait, wait, wait. Is it your Bible or somebody in your family? He said, well, it's my mother's Bible. I said, I said brother, you need your own Bible. So he said, he promised that he's going to contact us, and we're going to get him a Bible. 
And I'm going to tell you something, saints. You got to use your voice. God has given you a voice. Do you use it for him? Because one day we're going to meet him face to face. Now, I, I am not a perfect man. I am trying to do the best I can. The best I can. But one thing I do not want to be silenced is my voice. Many Christians can be silent and be afraid to offend. But when you look at the consequences of heaven and hell, I'll take my chances with God. Because if you just love people for love of them and want nothing from them, you never go wrong. If they say, I don't want Jesus, I tell them, that's okay. Jesus wants you. But I wanted you to know, and this, sometimes I do this too, which is, I don't recommend you doing it. I, but I'm me, you be you. But I just said, well, I did tell you about the, the, you know, the, the, the message of the gospel. So you're accountable. So you keep that in prayer. <laughs> I, said, I just leave them and leave them, let God do the rest. Some plant seeds, other water, God gives the increase. You just be the seed that God wants you to be. Amen? But you have to declare what God's doing in your life. One of the greatest things you can do is your testimony. Let me share this with you. When you give a shout, when you give a shout, I don't know if this is going to go well. When you give a shout, so often we don't always shout like we should. Amen? And just say, amen. We don't always give the shout like we do. But can I tell you, is that a shout when we shout, when we have a problem in our life, we have fear, doubt, depression, hurt, addiction, unforgiveness, pain from your past, loneliness, low self-worth, suicide, feelings of just not feeling like you're worth anything. You feel like you're not loved. From a little guy like this to someone older like some of you, God, God wants from the youngest to the eldest to know they're loved. And that God wants you to use your voice to shout down those things that people have lifted up. Now watch this. I'm going to give you four keys. Write these down. First key, praise is praising God or slash shouting to God is a declaring of God's victory. It is a spiritual weapon in your life. You know, when you're facing some type of sickness, when you're facing some type of bad news, this is what you declare the word of God. You don't yield to it, you give it to God. And you plead the blood of Jesus and you take authority over these things. It's a weapon, a spiritual warfare. And when we face walls in our lives, God has given our voice to declare those things that are in our life and cast them down and have them have no dominion over us. No dominion. This child worries about nothing. Ah, clean diaper, food, and a lot of love. That's true? Let's see. You're not letting me go. I was going to help him to preach. 
one of the greatest things that God can do in our life is that God wants us to learn to have a shout. To have a shout. Now, let's just practice. Someone say, on three, someone say glory. One, two, three. Glory. Now, have like a shout like you're really praising the Lord. One, two, three. Glory to God in the highest. If they had not shouted, the walls would have remained up. Think of this for a second. If the people of God did not, did not, <laughs> I think he likes coming up here. I, if the people of God did not shout, did not shout, the walls would have stood the walls would have stood. You can take him back to the seat. Yeah, he's funny. Hey, I'll teach you to preach. (laughs) If, if they did not declare, they would have never, never. Take him to the seat. Yeah. If they would never stand up, if they never declared God's word, they would never have seen the walls came down. Why? Why? Because they did not walk in faith according to it. You know, they could have walked six times in obedience and obedience and obedience. They could have seven times in the same day, and then all of a sudden, they didn't shout. What would have happened? Nothing. But I have all this obedience. All six days of obedience. And then I did the six times. Then I did the seventh time, but I didn't shout. You see the difference? And sometimes our obedience is only partial. And when we're only partial obedience, it will affect our shout. It's really important to do the whole thing right. And when God says shout, and I want you to do it on the seventh time, on the seventh day, and when you hear the big horn blast, So I want to just, let's pretend, let's pretend. Okay, we are all the priests, and God told you to shout. When you hear the long blast, I want you to shout. You ready? When you hear the long blast. sounded good (laughs) next time you're in praise don't be afraid to let your praise rise up to God when you're in praise and music is singing don't be afraid to say God you're so worthy you're so good because when we look at this in the Old Testament when we look at Psalms 47 5 and 6 God has ascended amid the shouts of joy God has ascended in the midst of shouts of joy God comes among his people when they're worshiping. What does the New Testament tell us? When two or three are gathered together, there he is. Where? In the midst. God has ascended in the midst of the shouts and joy of the Lord amidst the sounding of trumpets. Sings praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to the king. Sing praise. The word here, shout, teruah, it simply means to shout with a great joy. And do we have a great joy in Christ? Oh, my word. No, wait, 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 wait. Do we have a great joy in Christ? Oh, yeah, it's a little better. 
Psalms 89, 15, look what it says. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. This is really important for us to understand. They walk, O Lord, in the right, in the light of your countenance. This is so good. The word here, once again, same word, teruah, meaning a great joy. When you're praising God, there's a great joy. Why? Because God's done some great things. It's amazing. Psalm 66, 1. We'll talk about this in a second, a little bit more. But it says, shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Give him glorious, glorious praise. The word here is ruah. Ruah. It simply means shout that you split the ears. You want to really offend your neighbors? <laughs> you ever get next to someone who's really loud? I know some people that could fit the equation. They're just loud. But this here, shout for joy to God. Split your neighbor's ears? And that's biblical. That's what the Hebrew word means. To split ears, to be so loud in jubilance. Do you know why people are not that loud in jubilance? Because they truly don't understand the glory, the glorious of God, who he is. Because that's... That's what the scripture says. Listen to what it says. Sing the glory of his name and give him, give him glorious praise. Look at 71. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which you have redeemed. So I've been thinking and I thought, well, you know what? Let me help everybody out here. Help me out. I pray it can help you out. When we worship God, there are many different styles of worship. Someone say amen. amen. But in all those styles of worship, we're still serving the same God. Amen? amen? So it's not so much in your, well, I'm not a loud person. And I say, that's your personality. That's fine. This person can be a loud person. That's their personality. This is not talking about personality here. And every time I hear people talk about this, they always want to bring their personality in. Well, that's, that's not me. We're, you're missing it. It's not about your personality. It's about your level of joy you carry in your heart. And when you're excited about something, you express it. It may be different, but you express it when you're excited. Now, there are some people that are really hard to get excited. And I get that. But... Have you ever shouted in church any time of your life? Have you ever shouted in the library? Now, I can say I have in both. When I shout in a library, this is what I get. Shh. Unfortunately, in some churches, if you shout, even praise God, and even say, thank you, Jesus, and shout. In some churches, they'll say, shh. Or you'll have a talk with someone. Because you are not to to be really more happier than your neighbor. Can we, can, there's one thing I love about freedom in Jesus is everybody's different. And if some person is so excited and they're exuberant about Jesus Christ, that blesses my socks because they're happy about Jesus. But don't ever criticize someone who's just not like you because you know what? God is the one Perfecting the praise. God is the one getting praise. And you take your preference and sit it down. And let God be praised. 
The Bible says that he caused the rocks to cry out if we do not praise him. Because why? Why? He's worthy of praise. So when you look at scriptures, when you look at scriptures, we have to realize that all in scripture, there's a lot of shouting going on or a lot of praising going on. And the question is, I want to challenge you that the closer you get to the fire, the hotter or the more you feel the heat. And I want to ask you that is your praise level, is there room for increasing um, your praise level for God? And I would say that the indicator is the amount of time you spend in God's presence will be the result to how loud your voice is for him. The more time you spend with God, the more time you spend with anybody, sometimes you start acting like that person. How many have ever done that before? So let's give a few examples here. Let me take this one, Psalms 27.6. Look what it says. This is in worship. This is worship. I will offer in his tent sacrifices. That's the tabernacle, the tent of sacrifices with shouts of joy. And you always see joy and shout being together. Why? Because of the gratefulness and the, and the joy that's on the inside, it comes out. When you're joyful, it comes out. No matter if you're joyful about it, it comes out. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. People tell me all the time, well, Pastor, I make a melody, but not very enjoyable. <laughs> what does Psalms 100 say? Make a joyful noise. God loves your voice. You may not like it. I'll be honest with you. You don't want to hear that really funny? Two weeks ago, the worship was singing, and I just joined in. And if you heard it, if you were listened to it online, you heard it too. And it was about two weeks ago, I, and, I, and I just started singing, and I, I joined the worship team, and I thought I sounded really good. I'm like, hey, we sound good, yeah, yeah. Until I listened to my individual voice on, online, and I looked at my wife, and I said, oh, honey, help me shut my voice, my, 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 my voice off next time I do that. It sounded really good live. It didn't sound very good. Memorex. But God listens to the heart. He listens to yours. Look what it says. I will offer sacrifices. I will shout for joy, with joy. I will sing and make melody in my heart to the Lord. Can you just get this? This is what praise is. This is what praise is. Praise is not, you know, what other people think. That's not praise. Praise is what does God think. Praise is giving God honor, giving God praise. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says to offer sacrifices, to shout with joy, to just give them praise. Look at Psalms 32 says. Be glad in the Lord. Rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. What does it say? I will be glad in the Lord. I will rejoice because I am righteous. I will shout for joy because of who God is. Look at your neighbor and say, just, you just need to be more happier. Just tell them, just tell them that. Just tell them. You need to be happy. Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> Psalms 33, 3, look what it says. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with a loud shout. God wants musicians who play their instruments to be an instrument of praise to God. Sing a new song, play skillfully, shout with joyous levels. Psalm 47, 1. 
Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. How awesome is the Lord Most High, the great King over the earth. Look at this. Clap your hands. You know, I've seen people in prayer do this. God wants you connected. You ever talk to someone in a relationship and you're talking with them, and while you're talking to them, they're on their phone? And then they do this. While they're on their phone and you're trying to talk to them, they go, ooh. They didn't go, ooh, because of what you were saying. They went, ooh, because of what was happening on the phone. And you say to them, excuse me, hello, hello. Conversation here, put down the phone. Sometimes when we're worshiping, we get distracted. We get distracted, and the devil will have you distracted. But you must keep the focus on Jesus Christ. Someone say, praise the Lord. Let's look at verse 66 one more time. Shout with joy to God all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Can I just declare this? That we should just say, I will shout for joy to my God. I will join in with all the earth of my brothers and sisters and praise his name. I will sing about the glory of his name. I will make his praise glorious and make it known in my life because he has saved me from the pit and brought me to the palace. My God walks with me. Isn't that not a good song to sing? I tell you what, Psalm 71 23, my lips will shout for the joy when I sing praises to you, my soul. We honestly need to sing of the Lord and we need to shout his glorious name. God has a shout in each one of us. God has a testimony in us, but you have to stop proclaiming it. And when you come into praise, when you come into just serving God, God wants to do a work in you and through you. You just need to get your eyes and focus on God. Don't be distracted by anything, but keep your eyes attracted to God. Can I hear an amen? amen. God is good. And all the time, God is so good. Let me leave you with this portion of scripture. It's found in Psalms 111.1. Give thanks to the Lord with your whole heart and in the company of the upright in the congregation. If I can have the guys come back to the instruments, I just want you to understand that we have to find our shout. There's a power in your shout, but you have to, if you have a problem and you stay within that problem, you're going to just stay with the problem. God wants you to know that your voice and God's power will work triumph, but you got to trust Him. Can you stand to your feet? You got to trust Him. And you want to talk to whatever that's coming your way, that's hindering you, that's bringing you down, that's hard for you. You need to stop declaring God's word and not allowing room for the enemy to bring discouragement, to bring hurt, to bring harm. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. 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 Those online, if you never expect, never in, invited Jesus in your heart, maybe you're here this morning, you never invited Jesus in your heart, Jesus so loves you. And one of the greatest relationships is knowing who God is. 
God gives those believers a shout. Maybe you're watching us, maybe you're here today, and maybe you don't know God. And all God wants you to do is say, God, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I've done it my own way. I've got my eyes off of you. Come into my heart. And I want to be a new creation in you. And I believe you died on the cross for me. And because I be- this day I believe you died on the cross and you rose on the third day, the Bible says you are saved. Ain't that good? Ain't that good? Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. God has done a work. I'm going to open up the altars. And I just want to have a moment where we just say, God, will you help me with my shout? Whether I'm outside these walls, with my friends, while I'm at a store, while I'm praising with my brothers and sisters, that I can start having a shout again. Let me pray. Father, we are so grateful. Father, for those who have made you Savior and for those who just want to be a voice for you. Father, in their voice, let them take authority that comes in Jesus. Let them not give in to what comes their way. But Father, may they rise up a standard. May you rise up a power and a strength within them to give them a voice to speak to these walls, to speak to these hindrances, to speak to those things that are draining them. And Lord, let praise rise up. Let belief be established. And Father, let actions follow suit. And God, as we proclaim your word, do a great work. We ask this in the majestic name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. We hope you were encouraged and blessed by this week's message. If you would like to know more about Salem First Assembly, you may email us at salemonassembly at comcast.net. That's Salem, the number one, assembly at comcast.net. Check out our Facebook page at Salem First Assembly or go to our website at salemfirstag.org. We look forward in hearing from you. Join us again next week for another message from Pastor Brian D. Corkum.